If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to read the first 12 verses. I want to talk about preparing for the Lord's coming. Uh, lots of conversation during this COVID time, and lots of people are talking about the coming of the Lord. And so I want to talk about that and go back to a passage that normally you wouldn't use to talk about it, uh, but we're going to use this passage in Matthew 3, uh, where it talks about John the Baptist. So Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all over Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way that you live that you've repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe. For we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork, and then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you that you are a God who speaks to us. And that, Lord, even as we go through seasons in our life that can be difficult and hard, you are still there and you're still speaking. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are the God who speaks and the God who tells us to be prepared for your coming. So I just pray, Lord, you'd just bless this word here today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to share with you about some preparations for the Lord's coming. The Word of God, the Bible, reminds us that Jesus is coming again. And biblical language is kind of referred to as the second coming of Christ. And as we look at the days that we're living in, we realize that it really could be any day. It really could. Now, whether that coming is today or many, many years away, the preparation for the coming of the Lord or for meeting God is really the same. The preparations for the coming of Christ the very first time and the coming of Christ the second time are still the same preparations. And I trust that you'll see that as we read this message of John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way for the Lord. And his message that was preparing the way for the ministry of Jesus is really the same message that we need to prepare ourselves for. Nothing has changed. It's still the same preparation to be ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. 
So it's kind of interesting as you look uh, back to those days of John the Baptist, uh, there was people that were looking for the coming Messiah. There was an expectation there among some people. Not everybody had that expectation, but there was a, enough of, of the people, population of that time, that were, had an expectation of the coming of the Messiah. And the spiritual condition as well back then for at that time was not really that great of a spiritual condition. Uh, there was complacency, there was toleration of sin, there was a form of religion but lacking real experience. The religious organizations themselves had become more concerned about power, prestige, rules, regulations, rituals, manipulation, methods, over seeking the Lord. And when you think about that, it really not a whole lot has changed. Uh, we're living in a world that, for the most part, is not looking for the return of Christ. There are people that are looking forward to that day. There are people that are believing that Jesus could come back at any time, that the signs of the time are, are out there. But for the most part, a lot of people are kind of oblivious to that fact. And then as we look at the church on the whole, we often see a church that is lacking in the area of seeking God and turning from sin. But thankfully, that's not everyone. God always has a remnant. God always has his people that really do want him and desire him. And we want to make sure that we're those people. We want to make sure that we're in line with those people that are seeking God. And that's what we want, certainly as a church. As a church, that's who we want to be. Our mission statement is to reach out and raise up committed followers of Christ. And we really do. We want people to experience God for themselves. We just don't want to talk about God. We want to lead people where they experience God. And God is someone that we can experience. You can feel him. You can sense him. You can be touched by him. You can experience him in your heart, in your life, in your body, all over you. And we want people to be aware of that. We want people to experience God in greater ways than they've ever experienced before. And so that's part of our calling uh, our mission as a church to reach out and raise up committed followers for Christ. And of course, as we do that, then that's obviously preparing people to be ready. Should Jesus come today? Should Jesus come tomorrow? Should Jesus come 100 years from now? I don't think it's going to be that long, but we need to be ready for whenever he might come. Because the Bible warns us, you will not know the time nor the hour. And, uh, it's going to be a surprise. And I know he gives us hints of when it's going to take place, but it's still going to be a surprise to us all. And no one knows except for the Father and heaven. For John's generation, John the Baptist began preaching a message, a preparation for the coming Messiah, Jesus. He wanted his generation to be ready to experience Jesus. He wanted to speak a message about his coming, a message that really is still accurate for today as we apply it to the second coming of Jesus Christ, where he returns to this earth and sets up his millennial kingdom. So as we look at our generation of today, we should have the same urgency that John the Baptist had back then to tell people, prepare yourselves for the coming of the Lord. You need to be prepared to meet Jesus. And so that's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm just going to look at this message of John the Baptist that prepared people for the coming of Jesus' ministry because it's still the same message for us today, many thousands of years later. It's still the same message that we need to apply to our own lives that we might be ready 
to meet Jesus. Whether that be when the Lord takes us home, uh, whether an accident happens or we die of old age, or whether he literally comes in the clouds uh, to receive us, that we will be ready. So first of all, this message of preparing for the Lord's coming uh, by John the Baptist, it started with a message of repentance. That was John the Baptist's big message, was repentance. Very, very strong on repentance. Matthew 3, 2, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Unfortunately, like the religious organization of John's day, we are kind of seeing the same thing where there's little repentance today uh, in our religion. And that sin is being tolerated instead of being shunned. See, to repent means it, it, it requires a honest self-examination of where we fall short in our relationship with God. To repent means to have sorrow, regret, uh, over wrongful things we have done. To repent means to take sin seriously and turn from sin. To repent means to change our ways. It's being willing to set aside anything that may be hindering our relationship with God. It's more than a change of mind, but a complete turnaround that not only affects the mind and the heart, but also affects our very lifestyle and leads into new action, new resolve to serve the Lord and to turn from things that are wrong. It goes from the work of the heart and mind to a change of lifestyle. And I realize that we are fighting a battle today in Christianity where new teachers, new teachings are arising that are encouraging people that sin is not a big deal and that it's not necessary. Well, I would say to you, you need to read the Bible. Uh, that is so very, very important. And it's one of the problems that we're having in Christianity today is that we're listening to all the things being said out there, but we're not reading the book for ourselves. Uh, for those of you that don't have a Bible or if you're looking for a great app, I'd like to refer to the Version app. Very, it's a free app that you can get on any of your electronics uh, out there. And it is a great app of the Bible. It gives you all the Bibles that are out there, all the versions of the Bible. It gives you devotions uh, in there as well. It gives you uh, a, a reading uh, schedule to help you to read the Bible. I really encourage you to read the Bible from cover to cover. And uh, maybe that looks like you is too big of a deal. Then start with the New Testament and just start reading through the New Testament. You need to read the whole book, not just bits and pieces, because that's what people do. They like to take a piece here and a piece there, and they make up all these new doctrines. You need to read the whole thing so you know what the whole book says. And if you read the whole book, you will find uh, that repentance is a big deal. It is. From Old Testament to New Testament, repentance is a big deal. And you know, even in John's day, we see that the, the church at that time or the religious society at that time really didn't like that message. And when John saw them coming to observe what was going on, they're really just coming because of jealousy. And they're kind of, you know, checking out what can we do to stop this that's happening. And when they came here, listen to what John says. He says in Matthew 3, 8, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. See, you need to realize just as the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were saying, well, we're safe, we're good, you know, like we're, we're, we're direct descendants of Abraham, so we're good, you know, we, we got an automatic ticket to heaven. 
Well, he was basically telling them, no, you don't. And that's something we need to realize today. You don't have an automatic ticket just because you go to church or your parents went to church or, you know, you were brought up as a Christian. That doesn't get you into heaven. Being a Christian gets you into heaven. And so there needs to be that repentance, a recognition that we have done wrong, that we've sinned against God, that we need to change our ways, changing our ways so much that the world notices that we have changed. And again, that's another problem in our Christian society today. We're blending so much with society that people can't even tell the difference anymore. Well, you call yourself a Christian? Well, I do this, 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 and this too. We need to be living in such a way that the world looks at us and they say, that person is obviously different. That person is obviously a Christian because we're proving it by our lifestyle. So repentance is more than just a change of heart. It has to be a change of lifestyle. Otherwise, we're just fooling ourselves that we went through a mental exercise. You know, we said the words, but it didn't mean anything. If you're going to repent, then it's going to affect your whole life. Now, the first step in receiving Jesus is not just simply believing in him. Of course, that's important. It's necessary. That's where faith begins. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you need to recognize that just because you believe doesn't make it everything all good either. Because the Bible says, well, look, the demons, they believe in Jesus too. And they're not going to heaven. So the Bible you know, tells us that as you believe in Jesus, then it's going to take effect in your life. It's going to make a difference in your life. It's going to bring you to a place that you recognize that you have sinned, that there's things in your life that you have done wrong, and that you're going to confess those things to him. You're going to repent for those things and ask God to forgive you. And then you're going to start living a new way of life. So when, let's not forget this message of repentance that John the Baptist proclaimed. It's still an important message. It's still a necessary message for us to be ready to receive our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, a second preparation that John the Baptist is really known for as well, concerning the coming of Jesus, that it still applies today, is the message of baptism. Matthew 3, 6, And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them, in the Jordan River. You know, part of preparing ourselves for the coming of the Lord is to be baptized, which is a symbol of the work that God has already done in our lives. It's a symbol of our confession, our belief, and our commitment to follow Jesus Christ. The act of baptism doesn't save us. Rather, it's an outward sign of our confession and our experience with Jesus and our desire to serve him. Before baptism... Really, there needs to be repentance and a choice to turn to God. Water baptism really becomes an outward sign that we have decided to follow Jesus Christ. It's basically a, a testimony that you're telling the world that, listen, hey, I have made a decision in my life. I have come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I now believe in him. I've welcomed him into my life, and I'm now going to serve him and change my ways. You're proclaiming that. And, and now that we're online, you know, it really does work as that testimony. Because before you were just telling your fellow Christians that this is a decision that I have made, that, you know, I'm going to follow Jesus. Well, now you're broadcasting it, and it's out there, out floating around on the Internet, that you're telling people, I've decided to follow Jesus Christ. So that's very important. Matthew 3.11 says, I baptize with water 
those who repent of their sins and turn to God. Now, I realize that some people, they get baptized just because, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, that's, again, that's very, very important. That's the essence, the start of faith. You have to believe. But as you get baptized, you're supposed to be really showing that, listen, this is a, now a new determination of my heart and of my life that I want to serve God. And, you know, I realize that many people at John the Baptist, as soon as they made that confession, they were baptized immediately. So you don't have to, in a sense, you know, make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row, that you're just perfect, then you get baptized. No, you get baptized to say, this is now the plan. This is now my plan to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where we as the body of Christ should be taking note of all those who are being baptized and to be praying for them that God would help them to live what they just proclaimed through the waters of baptism. And uh, you may not realize it, but this past year, we've had more people baptized than any other year. That might surprise you, but it has. That's taken place. And so we rejoice in that. But we need to be praying for those people that God continue to work and help them, that they will indeed live that life that's going to change the world. Now, I also realize there's many views of baptism out there as well, and people have been baptized as infants. People have been baptized. Uh, I was, I think, uh, reading one. They're over 100 years old, and they were being baptized. I think I saw that uh, last week. But if you've not made that choice yourself, you know, sometimes we get baptized to please our parents. Sometimes as parents, if you experience a, bapti a, a, a baptism as an infant, those were choices by your parents to get you baptized. They were kind of the influence to say, you know, you should do this. Or as a baby, well, you didn't have any influence at all. They just did it for you. They, they baptized you. Well, it's important that you make a decision because baptism is about your decision, not about your parents' decision, not about somebody else's decision, it's about your decision to follow Jesus Christ. And that's so very, very important. And I would really encourage you, if you're here today and you've never been baptized in that sense where you were the one making the choice, this is my choice. This is not my parents' choice. This is my choice that I want to be baptized. Let us know. We'll gladly bring that tank in here again and fill it up and uh, get you baptized. So again, just think about that. How important is baptism? Well, I think when we look to the Bible and we look to the life of Jesus, that should really tell, if Jesus got baptized, I think it should tell us we should get baptized. That, that to me should really be a no-brainer for us. Matthew three fifteen, it says, but Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. And so John agreed to baptize him. So we need to realize that this is a requirement of God. God requires it. And if Jesus did it, we need to do it. And, you know, I think we need to stop making our excuses, whether you're 100 years old or, you know, or whether you're a young person and you're deciding to follow Jesus, let's get baptized and follow the Lord in the waters of baptism. That was a big, big message of John the Baptist. And he tied that in with repentance and baptism, two very important characteristics that we need today as we prepare ourselves to meet Jesus, to experience Jesus, or for the actual return of Jesus Christ. Our Christianity is not something to be hidden. And that's a thing about baptism as well, is that you're testifying, you're declaring it. And I think for a lot of years where we've done it, where basically society has not known that we made that decision because they weren't in church. Well, now they can follow us on 
Facebook. They can follow us on YouTube or they can follow us on the internet and, and realize that, hey, that person got baptized. Uh, I, I think of uh, some of the times we, we've had baptisms even here. We've had them uh, out in the lakes, uh, Moose Lake, Vincent Lake. We've done those out there as well. Uh, I've known some churches, some early churches, they used to build their baptisms on the, uh, on the front steps of their church. And so that, again, that the community could see that people were making a profession of faith. And so I think it's pretty cool now that we can do that online. And so whether you realize it or not, you're telling the world, because they're watching you online, that you're deciding to follow Jesus Christ. So that's very important to uh, prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord. Then a third message that John the Baptist preached to prepare for the coming of the Lord was the message of judgment. Now, that's not really a message that a lot of people like to hear. They didn't like to hear it back in John's day, and we still don't like to hear it today for a lot of people. But listen to what it says, Matthew 3, 7 and verse 10. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptized, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? And now the axe, verse 10, of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. That's not a message we kind of like to hear. That's kind of, in some ways, it kind of scares people a little bit. And, you know, then we get people, oh, that's fear-mongering. You know, you want to tell people about hell. You don't want to tell people there's a judgment. You know, that's fear-mongering. No, it's not. It's telling the truth. There is a heaven, and there's also a hell. There's a place that you want to be at, heaven, and there's a place you don't want to be at, hell. And so that's very important for us to realize, and that was part of the message of John the Baptist to kind of make people realize, listen, there is a judgment that is coming. You need to be ready, and Jesus is the answer to that judgment. Now, again, the Pharisees, uh, John kind of, he really, he didn't treat them very nice. I'm thinking like, if he was a person today speaking that way to the religious societies of today, probably would not go over so well. Uh, imagine calling the religious society of today a bunch of brutish snakes and uh, calling them in language such as that. Probably wouldn't go over so well. But John the Baptist, man, he, he just let her rate. And, uh, you know, they were thinking, well, because I, I'm a seed of Abraham, I'm good. Because I belong to an organization, I'm good. Because I belong to a church or I have parents that serve God, I'm good. Well, we need to realize, no, that doesn't guarantee you. It's a great blessing that if you have parents or if you've been brought up in church or parents that love God, like those are huge, huge blessings uh, that we should be very, very grateful for that helps us serve the Lord. But if you're going to prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord, you better be aware that there's a day of account that is coming where every one of us is going to stand before God alone and give an account. And that really should inspire us and help us to evaluate ourselves to make sure that we are living right or that we're ready to meet God. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So there's no escaping this. We're all going to stand before Christ and give an account. That's something every one of us is going to take place. We'll all stand before the Lord by ourselves, and we will give an account for the things that we have done in our life. 
Now, after that, that will either lead to an eternity in heaven or an eternity in hell, the lake of fire, which is the final judgment. Revelations 20 speaks of that final judgment in verse, uh, verse 12 and verse 15. It says, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, we don't like to talk about that. You know, it's like, oh, man, that fear mongering, that kind of thing. And and we kind of try to avoid that or talk about that. But friends, we need to realize that there is a judgment to avoid. There's a judgment that you don't want to be at. There will be the judgment seat of Christ as Christians, that we will be there, and we will give an account that basically will determine your rewards. But if you're not a Christian, then that's the great white throne judgment. And on that judgment, yes, you're still going to be judged, but your destiny was going to be the lake of fire. And, and so that's not a good thing. So as you profess your faith in Christ, that's, that's your real ticket. You want a, a ticket from the fires of hell, it's Jesus Christ. And I realize sometimes people say, well, the only reason I'm serving Jesus is because I don't want to go to hell. Uh, well, that shouldn't be your only reason. Your reason to serve Jesus is because you love him. That's where he really wants us to go. He, he wants us to serve him because we love him. We enjoy him and we, we love being around Jesus. We love experiencing Jesus. But there is something to keep in the back of our minds to realize that, you know what, there's a judgment that I do want avoid. And so the Bible says, let a person examine himself. That's a throat scripture. Let a person examine himself. And that's why that's out there. It's to kind of warn us as believers and also to warn unbelievers that there is a judgment, that you better be ready for the coming of the Lord. And as we examine ourselves, we need to examine ourselves to see, the Bible says, to see if you're in the faith. You know, sometimes we listen to everybody else around us so much that we sometimes get away from what the Bible is really saying. And and that's where you need to get back to what the Bible says. If you're going to measure your faith and your lifestyle, you need to go back to what the Word of God says, not what your friends are saying or not what some preacher is saying or someone else out there is saying or YouTube or Facebook or whatever. You need to find out for yourself, what does the Word of God say? And that's where I need to go back to to see how I am to live my life. There is a time of accountability for all of us. No one gets away from God or from doing terrible things. Sometimes we, you know, we look in life and people have done some terrible, terrible things and we think, oh, they've gotten away scot-free. No, they're not. They're going to stand before God. There's going to be a day of judgment for them. And they need to be worried about that more than the judgment that they're getting uh, right now. But This is, again, a very serious message that John the Baptist was trying to get across to the people to realize there's something you need to do. You need to remember that there is a heaven, that there is a hell, and you want to avoid that place called hell, and you want to be in that place called heaven. And the way to that place called heaven is through Jesus Christ. So something that's very, very important. Then fourthly, in preparing ourselves for the coming of the Lord, we need to hear the message John the Baptist gave about separation, that a time is coming where God is going to separate and expose those who are true followers of Christ and those who are not true followers of Christ. See, God only tolerates bad behavior and indecision for so long. A choice 
needs to be made to serve the Lord or not. Because it's interesting as you read this passage of Scripture that, that Jesus is already working at revealing our hearts and whether we really want him or whether we don't want him. Listen to what he says, Matthew three twelve. He is ready back then to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into the barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. See, Jesus was already ready, already working, separating those that want to serve him and those who do not want to serve him, the wheat from the chaff. And throughout history, we have seen where there have been times of testing that have come upon the earth that really do reveal people who want Jesus and people who really do not want Jesus. And those times, they're not meant to condemn us, but rather to warn us of the condition of our own hearts and help us to realize our own spiritual condition before it's too late. It's really meant to draw us back to God. And, you know, as you go through a season, I think we're in a season right now where there's been a lot of people that just kind of filtered away. They just kind of disappeared. Well, we're not going to give up on them because I believe that God wants to touch their hearts. He wants to expose things in their hearts to help them to realize, you know what? I'm not where I should be spiritually. And that's what God will do because God does not want anyone to go to hell. God desires no one to go to hell. God doesn't want people to go to hell. He wants them to come to heaven. But it's still a choice that we must make. So right now is a good time to examine ourselves, to see if we're producing good fruit or bad fruit, to realize, you know, are the works that I am doing, are they going to stand the test of fire or will they not stand the test of fire? Because the Bible says Jesus is already at work separating the wheat from the chaff. And you don't want to be on that wrong side. Matthew 3.10, now the ax of God's judgment is poised ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Now is the time to serve the Lord. Now is the time to turn from evil and to seek the Lord. So may we heed this message of separation that John the Baptist was pointing out to us very early at the start and beginning of Jesus' ministry. And that's something we need to be aware of. Because we want to serve the Lord with our whole hearts. We don't allow, don't allow ourselves to be, you know, gradually, gradually, you know, taken away from God. We want to get back on the road to serve him with the whole of our hearts. And then lastly, we come to a last preparation for the coming of the Lord that is a message of a new baptism that Jesus himself will baptize us with. I baptize, verse 11 of Matthew 3, <coughs> I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be a slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. See, with Jesus in our lives, as we come to that place of faith in Jesus Christ, where we repent of our sins, we turn our lives over to him, we, we try to the best of our abilities to walk in his ways. Well, there's some help for us there. See, we do not work on our salvation alone. We have the Bible that we can read and encourage us. We have prayer as we pray to God and seek God. We have churches, we have fellow Christians, and we have a God that wants to help us and keep us 
from falling because the Bible reminds us only he is really able to keep us from falling. And so as we look at all these things out there to live for God, we need some help. And God is saying, I want to help you because I'm the one that is able to keep you from falling. Yes, you maybe sometimes go this way or that way sometimes, but he's a God that's going to bring us back and get us on that road again to eternal life. And he says he will baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Well, what would that be? It'd be a baptism of power, a baptism of boldness to serve the Lord, a baptism to testify of his goodness to you, a baptism where there'd be comfort and there'd be conviction, there'd be guidance, and even a new prayer language that's going to help us to live for him. The book of Acts especially reminds us of this help, Acts 1.8. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, through Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, God is with us, and we're not in this journey alone. Sometimes we can be, feel overwhelmed and say, you know what, I've been trying to serve God. I'm not doing very good. I keep stumbling. I keep falling. Then we need to look to him more. More of you, Holy Spirit. More of the fire of God. You know, I was praying that even for myself last night. I said, Holy Spirit, I need more of you. Holy Spirit, I want more of you in my life. And, and God, I'm also praying for the fire, more fire to start burning uh, within inside of me. I want that. And he will help us. He will empower us. He will convict us uh, in our lives that we might serve him. He'll also baptize us with a baptism of fire. And what does fire do? Well, it purifies, it refines us to be the people that he wants us to be. Now, sometimes those, those trials and those times where we're, we're kind of put to the fire, they're not comfortable. We don't enjoy them. But God has a purpose. He's making us stronger. And he's helping us that we're going to be stronger people uh, and stronger in the faith. And he will bring those things in our lives, refining us in our faith to help us to be the people he desires us to be. So as we prepare for the coming of the Lord, you know, whether that, you know, we, we die and, and we go and see the Lord or whether he literally comes in the clouds of the air, we need to be ready to meet him. And he wants us to be ready, but he's there to help us to be ready. So as you're listening to all those other things, you know, about uh, repentance, living for God and getting baptized and worrying about judging, making sure you're living right, remember that God wants to help you on this journey. There's, you do not journey alone. He is with you. He will help you. And he will even baptize you with a baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire. So these are the messages of John the Baptist and preparing the way for the coming of Jesus' ministry. And it's interesting. These are, it's exactly the same ministry that we need today to prepare ourselves to experience Christ in our lives and to be ready for the coming of the Lord as he returns in the clouds of the air. We want to be ready for that. And we ready ourselves simply by starting with repentance. That's where a good place to begin. You believe and you repent. And let's end our excuses and let's start doing what God is calling us to do. And let's show that we mean business by our confession of sin and by a new lifestyle. And if we haven't been baptized, I really think it's time to get baptized. I'd love to be able to see us like a lot of churches that I've been, well, I shouldn't say a lot of churches, but some of the churches where God has been really moving over these past two years, and they've been just doing baptism after baptism every Sunday. I think that's 
the norm. That should be our norm. And let's be aware that there is a coming day of accountability, a coming day of judgment, a coming day where the Lord himself uh, will return. And we need to be ready. And God wants us to be ready. God wants to help us to be ready. And he's offering us a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, a fresh baptism of fire in our lives that's really going to empower us and help us and cleanse us and direct us and lead us into the ways that he has for us. Those are preparations that we need as we have Jesus in our lives, that we may be ready for his coming. The Bible ends, uh, Matthew there, it ends with these words. It says, you also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. There's an expectancy by God that we would be ready all the time. Not that we're waiting till you know, okay, I think the coming of the Lord is close now, so I'm going to smarten things up now in my life, and I'm going to start to live for God now because I think he's coming soon. No, we're to be ready every day. Every day, every hour of the day, should Jesus come right now, and this serves that trumpet blast would sound, that we'd be, that's okay, God, I'm ready. Or if it's many, many years down the road, we need to be ready. And so, friends, I encourage you to maybe just read that passage of Scripture over again and, and think about that passage of Scripture over again of the readiness for the people of John the Baptist's time, his generation, to be ready for the coming of the Lord. It's the same preparation today. It hasn't really changed. We need to start that place of repentance. And I think that's a big one that has been lost. I think we just get to the belief part and we kind of throw out repentance we welcome Jesus, but we never repent of our sin. And repentance is an important thing. There are things we need to repent for. And, and as you look at your own life, and there's things in your own life maybe that you know are not right or things in your life that aren't right with God, a good place to start would be, God, I'm sorry. God, I repent. Use those words. Sometimes it's hard to speak those words because we don't want to really admit that we need to repent for what we've been doing. But use those words. They're powerful words. I repent, God. Forgive me, I pray. And he will. And when we look at the struggle of living for God, because sometimes, you know, we make mistakes. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes we slip up. That is kind of a normal life. But God is saying, I want to help you. I want to come and I want to give you a fresh baptism, a, a power, an anointing. I want to come and give you a, a fresh baptism of fire that will purify you and cleanse you and, and wash you clean. He wants to help us. And so we just need to say, Lord, I need your help. I could use your help. And he will. Don't be shy to ask God to help you to live for him because he's the one that's able to keep you from falling. He's the one. Look to him. Look to him. Father God, I thank you this morning that you are with us, that you love us, that you care about us. That is why you gave us the word of God, that we might read for ourselves and recognize for ourselves that Sin is a big issue. And that, Lord, that as we come to have faith in God, that repentance is a big deal to you. And so, Lord, as we repent of our sins, as we turn from our wicked ways, as we follow you into the waters of baptism, Lord, Lord as we keep in mind that there is a judgment, there is a day of accountability, that, Lord, there is a separation that is to take place in our lives, that people should know whether we're a Christian or whether we're not a Christian. There shouldn't be any blur there at all. Lord, it should be very easy to see. So God, help us. Help us 
I pray, Lord, that, again, Holy Spirit, move in me. I pray that for me, Lord, today. Holy Spirit, I want more of you in my life. I want more of your power and your anointing. I want more of your conviction, uh, more of your guidance, more of your direction in my life. That as you move in my life and as you touch my life and speak to my life, I welcome more of the Holy Spirit. I pray for a fresh baptism of power, fresh baptism of power. I, I pray, Lord, as well for each one of us, Lord, for the fire of God, that fire that burns away the dross, where there's no excuse. We recognize that, yes, Lord, I have wrong, I have sinned, I have done wrong. Forgive me, God, and I pray, God, purify us. Cleanse us afresh and anew. Put a new fire of God inside us that we want to serve you every moment of every day in Jesus' name. So we welcome the more of God. God, we see as your ministry started that that's what it was about, that you were going to help us. You were going to help us to live for you. You're going to point out the things that we need to take care of, but you're also going to tell us, I'm going to help you. I'm going to be with you. I will keep you from falling. And I pray that, Lord, over our loved ones. Lord, as we think of loved ones right now that are not serving you, that maybe have walked away for a while, God, I pray that, Lord, chase them down. Chase them down. Lord, I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit to fall upon them and bring them back and help them to realize, Lord, they need to come back to you. And Lord, I just pray, uh, Lord, for the backslider, for the backslider to return in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we just lift up loved ones right now that, Lord, we're going to believe we're going to see a turnaround uh, where, Lord, they're going to come back to you, that, Lord, that the power of the Holy Spirit and through the fire of God, that, Lord, they're going to be brought back to you and that, Lord, they're going to be brought back to a place where they will serve you far greater than they ever have served you before. And, Lord, we thank you, and I believe that's going to take place. Lord, For uh, Lord, I prophesy that right now in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, there's going to be loved ones, Lord, that have walked away, that are going to come back. And, Lord, as they come back, they're going to serve you in a far greater measure than ever before. We won't even recognize them, Lord, because there's going to be such an anointing upon their lives and such a desire to serve you than we've ever seen before. And so, God, we prophesy and speak that today in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.